0: After your call to answer a few questions about the service you received today.
1: I will never do that. I will never do that for anyone.
2: Thank you for calling Papa's customer care team. My name is Benilda.
1: How may I help you today? Hi, uh, you, got, you got a beautiful voice, might I add. It's a shame that the phone is ruining it. Hello?
2: Yes, sir. Better now. This is weird so far. Can you far. hear me better now?
1: Yes, I can hear you perfectly. This is weird so far. Um, I'm, can you hear me okay?
2: Yes. Nothing to hear, first.
1: Okay, cool. Because I'm doing this podcast. It's like a prank call podcast. And what? Fuck. Okay. Uh, sh- n- sh- fuck. Hey, how you doing? Good, how you doing? I'm great. You're the mobile mechanic, right? From, yeah. Uh, from Craigslist.
2: No. You're to call me on Google.
1: Hey, fr- oh from Google. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just in such a I'm in such a squeeze here. What do you need though? I'm in a nasty squeeze. I uh my Orgone accumulator uh has a big rift. There's a big rift in it. I might have uh I might have opened some sort of portal up accidentally, but um yeah, basically I need you to come over and take a look at my orgone accumulator.
2: Because- accumulator, what is it for?
1: It's a uh, it's a box that's made out of layers of plywood, steel wool, uh, some glass wool, some more steel wool, some copper, and uh, you sit inside of it. And I've been smoking. i sit sitting there and I smoke cigarettes, and uh, I've felt zero adverse effects whatsoever from this. And uh, I've I've been uh, I've been using it pretty pretty often, and I might have you know accumulated too much. Too much energy, and there's some sort of energy spill off that's very damaging to me and my health.
2: I understand, but the thing is, I'm a mobile mechanic. I work on vehicles.
1: Right. This you could fix the uh, accumulator in the uh, in my backyard. It's a box with a quarter inch of plywood, some steel wool, some glass wool, some steel wool, I, I some copper. That.
2: but it, but it's not a mechanical machine. It's not. It's not like oh, a vehicle that has. yes, it is. It doesn't. It doesn't have a motor and a transmission. You don't that's know that's what I work
1: on. You don't know that? Huh?
2: No, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Exactly. It's an orgone accumulator. I've been. I was referred to you by my associate Tito. Do you know? So this him?
2: thing has a motor and it's got a motor on it.
1: I mean, you could say that. Some people have got, said that after getting out of it. Once they step out, they feel recharged. They say, "Ooh, she's got a motor on that."
2: (laughs) So I just need you to come down. Physical motor on.
1: I got you. I need you to come down and take a look at it. I'll let you sit inside of it for free and reap the benefits. Your after you step out of this thing, your negative ions gone. Your aches and your Um, bones gone. Any sniffle that you had, (laughs) gone.
2: The uh, only thing I believe that does that is Jesus. No else
1: does that. If you come and sit in my accumulator, you can. If you come and fix my accumulator, I'll let you sit in it. I I'm sorry. It. I, I just got out of the accumulator. I was in there for about four and a half hours. It's uh, it's 95 degrees where I am. So I'm I'm feeling pretty. I'm feeling good, but also I'm feeling like the worst that I've ever felt. And uh, if you just kind of came down and fixed my accumulator, it would really help me a lot.
2: I've but, sir, I don't, I don't fix that kind of thing. I only fix vehicles. But you're a mechanic. Vehicles is what I say.
1: You're a mechanic. I'm a mechanic for vehicles. This is a vehicle <laughs> to health. To health. Okay. The jig is did up. Did you say, the did you say to up. health? Health. 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 I would never... I would never... Hey... I'm not trying to lure you into anything, man. You've just been my guinea pig on my prank call podcast, The Fart Locker with Jamie Kennedy. How about that? <laughs> you know Jamie, you know who Jamie Kennedy is, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Okay. I believe I do. I believe so. Yeah. My
1: my name is uh, my name's Brian and uh, I work for Jamie and he's gonna call in about forty five minutes and he's gonna go he's gonna say the stuff that I was saying he's gonna say this exact stuff and what what we need you from you is to uh, just kind of act like you never heard this before. <laughs> I can do that. You can do. Okay. Cool. It's gonna you're gonna be paid for this. This is gonna be on the radio on Sirius XM radio. It's called Seriously? The, yeah, the Fart Locker with Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> Jamie's the host. Basically what we do is we test numbers for him to make sure that they're, you know, we vet them cuz it is on a, you know, on a radio show. So, uh what he's going to do is Jamie Kennedy is going to show up is going to call you in about 45 minutes, maybe an hour, whenever he wakes up. And you're going to, you know, just react how you would or how you did to me, like you did perfect. I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have done any different if I was you.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, man, you can call me back at this number. You know, you called my business line earlier. Uh, this, this is my direct cell that I'm calling you from right now. This number? this number?
1: 816-634-2239? Yeah. Okay. That's great. I'll, ma- I'll let Jamie know once he wakes up. He's asleep on the floor right now, but uh, I'll let him know. He's going to call you real soon. Just saying all this, all, you know, orgone accumulator. You're a mechanic, right? You know, and you just react.
2: <laughs> man, I could, I could do the same thing all day long, man. The, <laughs> thank you for calling too. Man, I, I, I was just thinking in the back of my mind on that phone call, man. Man, I... And I needed something like this today.
1: <laughs> well, we're happy to help you out, and we hope that uh, we hope that we hope you, we get something good out of uh, Jamie calling you.
2: I, I appreciate it. I'll be waiting.
1: Right, and if you want to look up where it is, you can find it online. It's the Fart Locker with Jamie Kennedy. Well,
2: thank you. I appreciate it. All right. All right. You bye. be
1: easy now. You too. All right. Bye. Stay blessed. Bye bye.
0: Do
3: you ever have any interactions with uh, people that you're certain are, you know, feds or agents from private oh. or. Tell me about some of that. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, uh, I talk about this. First of all, my days with the Yippies, and you know, we were surrounded by COINTELPRO and all kinds of characters, uh, guys who openly admitted that they were working for KGB or something. Um, so there was that. You know, it informants, DEA informants. All, you know, a lot of the guys who worked at High Times were, were DEA informants. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, um, again, yeah, um, then in you know, my life, too, you know, I was a nightclub owner. It was, you know, I bought myself by my smuggling and stuff like that, right?
3: right? What was that?
0: You know, I was a smuggler, right?
3: You would you smuggle
0: <laughs> marijuana? Okay, you don't know that's
3: Oh, I, I think you talked about it one time. You got a you got off on a big smuggling charge, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I was smuggling marijuana for, for a bit of time there, and uh, what you, anyway? But then uh, the last the last time when it was really right in my face, people trying to insert themselves in my life was during the Sarah Palin case, uh, where my house was broken into, and uh. Didn't realize until months later, you know, that they had they did a black bear job on my house. But I remember, I could put it back and say that, that, day that my dog was acting all funny and sick. Uh, you know, they must have drugged the dog to get in. Because uh, there's no way he would let anybody get in that house. Um, but uh, so there was that. And then there were two women who entered into my life on that period of time uh, who I know for a fact were foreign agents. One of them, as a matter of fact, I've seen later on videos of her. She was in... Uh, <laughs> in uh, what do you call it? in Egypt during the Arab Spring
3: oh convenient just on
0: tourism yeah yeah well that's what she tried to say you know but then I seen pictures her to in an embassies and stuff like that, all kinds of stuff uh, you know, she claimed she was a poker, professional poker dealer that's what she did for a living um, but um yeah, yeah what a cover get... yeah I know man uh, I'm, a, to...
3: I'm, I'm
0: a I'm a, a I'm a pro
3: bullfighter, bullfighter.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
3: and how'd that lady try to insert herself into your life? Did you get to know her at all? Did you become friends with her and then realize? Or right out the gate were you like, oh, I think you're a, this, a CD agent? Right,
0: right, pretty much, yeah, right at the beginning. Because uh, right away she tried to recruit me to commit a crime. And I knew right away that, uh, you know, this was no good. And uh, I was being set up.
3: Oh, man, I remember when I was like 22, I went to a, a communist study group and it ended up just being me and three other people, and we're reading, and this guy that I had never met before looks at me and my friend and talks about how he wants, he thinks that we should make small explosives to scare the police. And we were like, yeah, buddy, <laughs> sure you do. Never talk to us again. And then like we looked him up on Facebook and he was like, active military.
0: I, I, yeah, I had uh, Mark Rudd on the show uh, on the Weather Underground. You know? Uh, and uh, I said to him one time, I said, well, did you ever look around, the, you know, were you ever working with someone and you found out later on that they were a uh, COINTELPRO or a FED or something like that? And he goes, nope, I never, I never noticed anybody.
3: <laughs> the guy from the Weather Underground didn't know everyone was a FED? Right, and the thing is, if you look around the room, right,
0: and, and you, you can't figure out who the FED is, maybe you're the FED. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, boy
3: yeah that's wild what's the other time you said you had a lady and she you very it was clearly same,
0: it, was a, it was another woman from uh, who again I, I believe was israeli intelligence um who had a very bizarre life she was a a Bodinean orphan involved in child prostitution and then she wound up in a cia college in the united states and then she wound up over at the betty ford clinic and, uh, again, another one who would serve herself in my life. And then, um, just, I just noticed way too many shady things going on with her as well.
3: What does Mossad want with you? Uh, well,
0: you know, at one point, they, they, they didn't like my reporting on the Epstein. <laughs> um, cause I got a phone call once from Victor Ostrowski, uh, who's a former Mossad agent who published a book about Epstein
3: and very shady circumstances. Is the book good, or is the book a Mossad cover-up?
0: I would say it's a cover-up.
3: Okay. Man, so you've been on the line with Mossad, you've gotten... every Everyone's barked up your door, man. You have messed with everyone. Yeah, I know,
0: man. I know. And, you know, and I wouldn't recommend it for everybody. You know, people would think, oh, boy, this is so much fun, and it sounds so exciting. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, bullshit that comes along
3: with it. Uh, well, is your, your primary business now, you have the, the the cell phone thing where you track people's information, you can recover data in cell phones, right?
0: I'm not doing that much cell phone forensics anymore because it's just so expensive to keep up with the software. Uh, you, you need a high volume of phones, and uh, it's just uh, just not worth it. So I'm just doing regular PI work, you know, asset searches and locate and stuff like that. Um, Case preparation, litigation preparation, criminal defense, uh, a lot of uh, civil lawsuits. I'm trying to put together a lot of civil lawsuits, uh, any kind of personal injury or um, uh, sexual battery, uh, child molestation station cases, you know, if you're at a school or the Boy Scouts or at a church when you're a kid or some kind of government institution, those are great cases. Um, just had another consultant on another Epstein case just this week. Um and then I uh, do the podcast the radio show, and I'm on 150 cities my, uh, from Miami to West Palm Beach and Tampa down to uh, Venice Beach, and then uh, I'm on in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, Utah, and California.
3: Wow, that's cool. Well, out of on every case you've worked, what's been the most interesting yeah. or the one that stuck with you? What's the one that you're like, this is my, my I'm at a dinner, I want to tell someone about some shit?
0: Well, it used to be the Sarah Palin case, you know, and if you to really tell that story, it's like a 40-minute story to tell the whole thing. Um, then, uh, of course, more recently, the, the lawsuit against Trump and Epstein uh, and some of the other Epstein stuff. Uh, when it was going on, especially when I wasn't allowed to talk about it, you know, this is a case that's going down in history books, you know. Um, I think the most fun case recently... Is the whole Hunter Biden laptop story? Uh, that was
3: wild. I remember when the photos first popped up online and then they would literally disappear out of my inbox. Right. And that sounded like a lie. And you'd tell people, I remember it got deleted from my Twitter, my Twitter inbox. And I was telling people that and they, it just sounded like a lie. And it's like, oh, man, it's true, man. They are literally censoring this in real time. And you had all these One news stories story. where the focus was like a dad loves his son through rehab. And it's like, that is not what the, that is not the interesting thing here.
0: Yeah, I, I remember that too. Yeah, there was Snatch Night off the internet just as it was coming out. Um, and the thing is too, we, when you get someone's laptop, right, it's not just the pictures on there or the videos or whatever. Because uh, when you have someone's laptop, you have access to all their email. You have all their email accounts, right? A lot of people have that automatic password thing in there, right? Mm-hmm. You see all their emails, but you also get stuff like uh, you can log into their bank account and see all their banking activity. You can log into their cell phone where they pay their cell phone bill, and see all the numbers that are calling over there. And you can get that credit card information, see what what they're buying on that credit card statement. All that information, none of that's come out, but someone has all that, you know. And so,
3: what would you do with the case, with okay. the Hunter Biden's laptop my, thing? What was your involvement there?
0: Okay, my involvement with that, okay, starts way before Hunter Biden. My involvement with that starts with John Bonet Ramsey. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. okay, and you're going to find the connection. I'll tell you the connection. But well, I, I did a great interview on this, on TruAnon, with Brace uh, Belden and Liz Franken, um, where they actually, you know, we told the whole story, you know, and it's a hysterical story. It starts out with JonBenet Ramsey. This guy named John Mark Carr uh, was living in Thailand, about to get sex chain surgery. And uh, he confessed to the murder of JonBenet Ramsey. And they brought him back to the United States. They got a warrant for him. He had outstanding charges for child pornography, uh, but uh, on his laptop. But for some reason, uh, the police department sold his laptop at a yard sale. Okay. Accidentally, which of course happens all the time, right?
3: Yeah, that's what they do with evidence. That's how it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so he got off those charges, and he would never had any connection to uh, John JonBenet Ramsey in real life. Uh, so they pretty much just let him go. Now, when it first hit the news, and this is way back, like in 2004, and you know, like you mentioned before, I'm a digital forensic investigator. So I, at the time, I was doing a lot of work tracing emails, locating, identifying people from their email address, and I located some stuff online by John Mark Carr on Usenet, the old alt Usenet uh, groups, which are like message boards or chat rooms, type things, uh, where he was trying to lure little girls, preteen girls. He, had a, he said he had a Christian counseling uh, organization. And if you were feeling troubled and lonely, you could contact him and talk to him. So I found like, all this material. But I had something else going on in my life. I forget, it, it could have been my divorce probably and my custody stuff. So I just turned over to some friends of mine at CNN and HLN and let them run with it. Okay, I didn't get involved at all. But I always kept my eye on John Mark Carr. He was a strange guy. I knew he was up to no good. So every couple of months, you know, I just do a little search, see where he is, where's he living, what's he doing? Um, Cause if I would see he's working at a school or something, I wouldn't immediately call the school. And, for real, yeah. You know, watch out for this guy. So, I do one of my searches, and I find this story online about how this young woman named Samantha Spiegel uh, had got into a relationship with him, and she had to get a restraining order against him, like everybody else who meets the guy, um, because he wanted her to help him kidnap about 10 little 8-year-old girls and have them be this JonBenet Ramsey cult that would all worship him. Uh, and the reason how she knew him was when she was 8 years old, he was the assistant teacher at her school. So she, when she saw him on TV, now 19 years old, she contacted him and they entered into this relationship and then he wanted her to help kidnap. She said, that's too much, I'm gonna go to the cops, get a restraining order. Oh, but remember, this is a story about Hunter Biden's glasses. Oh yeah, Jesus. Now what happens is, I find this woman, I locate this woman, I wanna interview her, right? I'm trying to get a hold of her and she's hard to reach, but one day I hear from her she's, and I says, okay, let's do this interview right now, today. Because I could tell she's kind of a little bit out there and then hard to track down. So we taped that very day. And at the end of the interview, and you can find it to my Patreon, the Samantha Spiegel interview, you can find it there. At the end of the interview, she says, oh, and by the way, I, con- I was contacted by Fox News to tell my story. And Dr. Keith Ablo and I, married man, entered into this. S&M relationship. I was his mistress and he was, uh, uh, I was his slave. (laughs) You know who Dr. Keith Abel is? I don't. He's a licensed psychologist who testified in a lot of big cases and was a Fox News contributor for their, you know, psychiatry department, right? So she tells me this whole big story about how she was really abused by Dr. Abel. Um, And she sends me all the text messages and all the images, all all, the content, right? And so I put her in touch with an attorney. and said, hey, listen, you got a good case here. But by coincidence, at the same time that she was finally ready to go ahead with this lawsuit, we had the whole Stormy Daniels thing going on, so we couldn't focus on this. So I had to take her to a different set of attorneys. Um, Ultimately, uh, we found two other victims of Ablo. They got a big settlement, and I got Dr. Ablo's license pulled. Okay. He was no longer allowed to practice uh, therapy, although he still is. And um, he was deemed to be an immediate threat to the public because he was drugging these girls and he was had them in these uh, slave relationships and they were patients, you know. He was getting prescriptions on the other people's names, all types of shenanigans here, right? So here we have this guy, you know, was an immediate threat to the public. He's involved in all kinds of perversions, all kinds of uh, drug abuses. And... Hunter Biden goes to live with him. <laughs> Hunter Biden went to live with him for three months in Massachusetts,
3: okay? How does Hunter Biden know this fool?
0: That's a good question. No one knows that. That's up in the air. No one knows that part
3: He of the just story. knows the horny Fox News talking head that can't practice being a doctor anymore because he was too horny and manipulative.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they seem to have some of the same interests, right? <laughs> and they wound up, they, 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 they up living together for three months, right? Now,
3: and how do you know that?
0: Well, okay. I'll tell you how I know. Uh, I got wind, okay, because uh, there was a... I got wind of a story about a book signing party. Oh, first of all, too, if you go to my Patreon, too, you'll find the whole unedited uh, press conference. Um, well, the guy who says that he had Hunter Biden's laptop is this computer repair guy in, in Delaware. Okay. And when that story first broke... And all these reporters, like, practically just burst into a little store there and uh, they have the raw, unedited news conference, all right, with this guy. And it's, it's informal. guys are just standing around, just shouting for questions at him. And, and whenever it gets to the chain of custody of this laptop, it, it's no comment, no comment. I can't talk. I can't talk. So one of the guys who was in that room sends me the tape, and he says, hey, Ed, man, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's, there is smoke here, my friend. And, I, and you're the other man said to, to run with this. But don't use my name. <laughs> okay. uh, so I had gotten wind of that. And then I had gotten wind of this story about a book signing party. And who was at the book signing party? It was a book signing party for a guy named Bradley Birkenfeld, who wrote a book called Lucifer's Banker. And uh, he was a, Bradley Birkenfeld's an interesting guy. He was a Swiss banker who got in some trouble and was facing some time and decided instead to become a whistleblower. Uh, So he whistleblowed on the whole Swiss banking industry, uh, mostly whistleblowing on Democrats, okay? And uh, wound up, I think it was, what, $125 million whistleblower payoff, okay? So that's a good day's work, right? Yeah. He writes a book called Lucifer's Banker and there's a book launch party. And who's at this book launch party? Rudy Giuliani, uh, Bernie Kerik, who was uh, friends with uh, Giuliani, he did some time himself. He used to be a former uh, NYPD police commissioner. Uh, there's a great story about him and his best man. You want to look up uh, Lawrence Ray one day. Uh, no time to tell that story now. That's too much of an aside. Bo is is there. Bo Dietl was an old friend of mine. He was a private investigator from New York, ran for mayor, ran for Senate. At one time, was the most decorated cop in New York City history really flamboyant character. If you've ever seen the movie Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel, I know that's the story of Bo Diddle. Um So we have that. And, so, and at this book signing party, we have Dr. Keith Abloh's brother. And Dr. Keith Abloh's brother says, hey, uh, my brother has uh, Hunter Biden's laptop and his cell phone and his address book and a diary and all kinds of fun stuff. And he wants $2 million for it okay now you haven't heard this anywhere, right
3: no i haven't
0: this is that often exclusive stuff <laughs> <laughs> so i say to myself i said well you know what you know it sounds like a really fascinating book lucifer's banker let me get a hold of mr Birkenfeld and see if he wants to come on the show so i can ask him all about his fascinating book so i get him on the show nice guy i like him a lot you know and before the show, I says, Hey, man, you know, what story? And I hate, I hear the story about, uh, you know, I'm old friends with Bo, you know, I should talk about him. And, I, uh, what's going on with uh, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop? And it went, Oh, yeah, so he starts to tell me all about it. So I had to get back. So I get him on, and by the way, this is in my Patreon, too. You can hear this whole interview with uh, Birkenfeld where he tells this whole story about how they tried to get you know, up. Um, they went down there. He went down there with Bo to, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dr. Keith Abloh's house. And negotiated with them. They didn't want to give him $2 million, but they were negotiating with him to get the laptop. Uh, yeah, the figure $2 million is bandied about quite a bit with this crew that was there at that book signing uh, because John Kirakawa, who was a former CIA agent, I had him on the show too, coincidentally, uh, he was uh, offered a pardon uh, for his uh, whistleblowing activities. Uh, for two million dollars. Giuliani he said, can hey, get your presidential pardon, which cost you two million. So I, I think how that discussion more went was like, hey, if you can get this laptop for us, we get your pardon. And I said, that's where this figure of two million comes from. That's just my educated guess. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so Bo Deedle and uh, Mr. Birkenfeld go down to Mr. Uh, doctor, a former doctor at Avalos House and try and get the laptop off him, but he won't budge unless he gets two million bucks. Okay, so, you know, hard feelings sue and they leave. And the next day, there's a knock at the door. <sniffs> Open up, DEA. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Somehow, in the night, someone was able to get a judge to sign a search warrant and send the DEA over there to this house and raid Mr. Dr. Apple's house and snatch up Hunter Biden's laptop. Okay? Now, that's in the news. They call it the second laptop. Okay? They call it the other laptop.
3: Yeah, because the laptop is the time, actually at this guy's repair place in Delaware, you were saying, Right?
0: No, no. What, what what Birkenfeld practically said on my show was he thinks that the material was taken off of that laptop and put on another laptop all, and then released to the public through uh, the repair place.
3: Okay. So they, you're saying they, they had copied the laptop, gave it to a repair place, and just left it there?
0: No, and then the, the repair guy was in on it, too.
3: Ah, okay, okay, okay.
0: But also, too, they, had a, they got a shady judge and a shady DEA guy to go along with all this, too. and get the laptop.
3: Yeah, that's fucking crazy.
0: <laughs> okay. So that's one of my favorite stories, Okay, the most common. And my involvement in that is I, I got Apple's license book, is uh, my involvement in that. Uh, and the laptop thing, I just happen to know a lot of people involved.
3: Yeah, it sounds like you've been keeping tab on that car guy for years. You do that with a lot of people you, you, uh, you uh, investigate? Yeah. Yeah, you have, like gonna, a short this, this, list. You got like news updates on him or something, or?
0: Well, there's a guy down here. As a matter of fact, he happens to live in the same city I live here in downtown Florida, and uh, I've been keeping an eye on this guy for years and years and years. Uh, creepy freaking guy, and um, he was taking uh, he was fighting with some people online. That's how I was brought to to locate him for cyber stalking. So I found the guy right away, and then um, what he was doing was he was fighting with this woman. And he was following her kids to school in the morning and taking pictures of them. And then posting the pictures on the internet. So I went all the way to the top, man. I went to like the head of the sheriff's department, the head of the police department. And, uh, and I said, well, there's no crime in that. You can do that. You're allowed to do that. So I keep an eye on him too, as well as another one. And there's a few others.
3: Yeah, and people,
0: especially. Yeah, I know, man, there's so, so, there's so many crazy people. I've, I've done a lot of uh, computer forensics where you see all the stuff inside someone's computer. And people are up to crazy stuff, and they got crazy stuff going on in their head you wouldn't believe. Um, and some people are just told, lost touch with reality, too. it's crazy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember when, I think it was Alex Jones, he got his computer taken by the courts, and then immediately they were like, child porn, never mind, no child porn, or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, that's interesting, because, um, you know, he did have that porn uh, on his phone. There's pictures of that. We've
3: seen that. Oh, yeah. It was one of his tabs that was up, right? Right,
0: right. And who has an interest in these too is Charlie Sheen.
3: You know? Uh-huh. He came out and hung out with him a few years ago in Austin. Right.
0: Exactly. that's what I'm saying.
3: That's what they were doing out here. They were banging doing cocaine.
0: Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I don't know about that. But
3: then, they probably got a club yeah. for it. They go, hey, let's get the chasers down to Austin, do a little blow and do some yeah. chasing.
0: Well, you know, in, in Charlie Sheen's court papers, uh, uh, Denise Richards claimed that he had child porn on his, on his computers. Um, she alleged that, and then she wrote a letter to him, um, because she took custody of his kids and uh, Brooke Mueller, uh, lost custody, and he, he's not allowed to be around anything unsupervised. Um, but uh, she wrote a letter to the, to, to the court saying, I can't have his kids around my kids because they show clear signs of sexual abuse, and they're acting out against my kids. So, all well, that's public record.
3: Yeah, well, so, if you're, if, you're, if you're telling me that there's like an intelligence agency specifically for Hollywood people, why aren't yeah. they hunting down all these creeps, man? What's up with that? What, is the intelligence agency just meant to fucking defend these guys?
0: Yeah, it seems like that's that's how it is, yeah.
3: I saw that movie, what's it called? Um, Open Secret, you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, that guy's full of crap. Really? Uh, You know, that guy's a total jerk, man. He's a a, a Twitter troll, uh, and uh, I had a weird experience with him, man. Tell me about your experience Uh, with that,
3: because I saw it, and they interviewed that guy from the kids' union, and I was like, oh, that guy's clearly a pedophile. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Like yeah. the, the Child Actors Union, I was like, that guy's a pedophile. Like, he's pretty much telling you, I'm a pedophile, and he works with children and actors.
0: Yeah, well, they definitely, you know, get jobs around kids and stuff, you know, and, and there's, there's a lot of it. We just had a big lawsuit against uh, Keith Thomas from Disney. Uh, so, so, you know, there's a lot of it goes on. And, and in that case there, everyone knew, you know, that he was traveling with this young 14-year-old girl and, in our same room and stuff, you know. Everyone knew. Uh, but open secret, see, I, I did a show years ago about Voodoo Donuts. You're familiar that?
3: Yeah, the Portland. There's actually one out here in Austin, Texas now, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's this creepy place up in Portland. And I had this guest on my show, and he, he mentioned a lot of things that were going on there, and the people that owned it, and things that were on their website that are now taken down. And then this other guy came along about a year later named Vegan Mikey. With, had made all kinds of strange allegations against them, which were pretty much debunked. Um, and he was found to be a troubled guy and uh, raising money for things that weren't really going on. Uh, but I had done the first show about this. And so after, and and what's his name there from Open Secret hated this vegan Mikey guy. He was obsessed with this, defending Voodoo uh, Donuts, uh, just obsessively. So, uh, a couple of years later, I posted my show and said, hey, this is the first show ever about Voodoo Donuts. And the open secret guy flips out and starts just, just post. He, he didn't even listen to the show. And he was posting all this crazy stuff about, there's no police report.
3: What's the deal report. with Voodoo Donuts? I don't even know anything about it. I know they have like kind of shitty, expensive donuts.
0: I'd have to go back and listen to the show. Uh, but I, I know from working on another case, okay, uh, again, you mentioned before people I keep my eye on. And this is one of those guys I keep my eye on all the time. But he's in prison so often that you know half the time I just check the Nevada Department Corrections. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in there. I don't have to keep an eye on him. But I, there was a thread on his Facebook where a friend of his said, "Oh yeah, had, you know, when I was a, a teen hustler, I used to work at a root Donuts, and this was totally had nothing to do." With anyone, thing on the radio, it's just a total coincidence that this guy just happened to, to admit to underage prostitution at, team, at Gouda Donuts. So I, I had some personal experience. I knew this went on. Uh, but the thing is, with the guy from Open Secret, he had no interest in any of the content that we had put up, didn't listen to it. And while I'm trying to tell him, hey, listen, I, I had this personal case involved. He said, Well, there is no case, there is no case. <laughs> There's no I said, No, it was a, a parole violation case. <laughs> As I was very good. Okay, and uh so but he didn't care. He didn't want to hear anything. He just kept telling me, Hey, just take the L, take the L. I take the loss and move on. So his total interest in all this has nothing to do with exposing real crimes or or you know, people in at risk. It's also awesome, as far as I can tell, some kind of Twitter ego uh thing. You know? And I know he's involved in a lot of lawsuits with people, but I told him I said, Don't oh, come sue me. If you sue me you know you'll wind up paying, you know
3: because I'm ready for that kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah, it seems like in your world of people that cover like, you know, kind of fringe stories or, you know, controversy or yeah. conspiracy, it's like 50-50. I think you, you know, you seem very pure heart. You seem to just have people on, listen to their story. You seem super reasonable. But then you have people like Alex Jones who's just like, you know, peddling snake oil to people.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so Yeah, you know, and you meet a lot of these people, too, you know, yeah. and you just find out that they're just either liars, you know, or they're crazy, or, you know, they're just grifting money, like you said, or, or there's some other kind of, you know, disinfo agenda, you know? Like, I gotta tell you, with the uh, Sandy Hook, right, you know, I, was, I saw all the YouTube videos like everybody else, everybody's pointing all those kind of suspicion questions about Sandy Hook. And you know, you, you watch these things; it, it looks shady, like something weird's going on. Uh, but then, when I met all the people behind those videos, who were making those videos, and people who were obsessed with the kids, they were all crazy.
3: Netflix. You know, they were
0: all yeah, and, and like crazy and unreliable, and and trying to hire me off the air. You know, for weird things that they had going on. You know, were weird. Theories that they wanted to prove. (laughs) So yeah, after a while, you guys say, "Well, these guys are just nuts," you
3: know? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think some people just get a little wild hair up their ass. They get obsessed about one thing, and then they decide to just bend reality in order to make their little their little crazy thought real.
0: Or another thing too, I think some people they they get a little attention, you know, but maybe they found a little nugget of information. And they, they get addicted to that
3: attention, and so they just stop making things up. Yeah, because, I mean, there's, you can not name a, a single case of anything in the States without there being something suspicious to it. But then instead of saying, hey, this is a suspicious aspect, you have people that just go absolute fucking batshit.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, every single shooting false flat to take away our guns. You know?
3: but isn't that, like, people just don't get shot anymore. People just,
0: ble- okay, there's, this,
3: there's, this, there's this theory in this world where, you know, no one's ever shot someone, and it's all, you know, sleeper cells. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, and and they're like examining pictures, and well, there's no blood, there's no blood, you know, and It was fascinating, because you know, I, I lived in Las Vegas during the October 1 shooting, you know?
3: Is that the Mandalay Bay? And, uh, yeah. Oh, horrible.
0: yeah. And yeah. I, oh, yeah, I lived through it. You know, I had to keep my kid home from school the next day. And then I had to keep her home from school that Thursday, too, as well, because there were other threats at schools, you know, that week, didn't the average person has no idea. And, uh, a friend of mine ran the Family Resource Center who was in charge, <laughs> you know, of coordinating FEMA and Red Cross and the, the lawsuits and the insurance companies and all, all, you know, right there in the middle of this. And this is someone who comes to me when they're in trouble. So uh, if there was anything really shady there, I would know about it. But I see these reports on YouTube and on these weird shows and they, they get the geography all wrong. you know, they don't even know like, the layout of the place. And it's just uh, that really shook me to see how wrong people really are, and and with Bundy Ranch too. When people from far away were reporting on Bundy Ranch, they had it that it was next to Lake Mead. They had it that it was next to uh, uh, you know I can't even get the name of the town, but the town between uh, the border line between uh, Vegas and California, just bizarre, like so inaccurate and so off uh, off the rocket really.
3: And why do you think that is?
0: Well, like I said, I think people, there's a lot of disinfo. You know, if you go to Bundy Ranch, you have the, the guy, Pete Santilli, you know, he's been exposed being FBI informant. You know, he did a lot of reporting on that, and bizarre reporting. And then a lot of it, too, is just people just want the attention, you know, and uh, they come up with these crazy theories. But the reason why I brought up the Mandalay Bay shooting was because, uh, People were telling me to do a show about it, and I said, okay, I did my own show about it. My first-hand eyewitness reporting, what went on here that week, and what I saw, you know, and, and people I know who work at these hotels, people who I know, there are a people I know. And, and I said, well, Ed, why don't you, there was a guy, a video on YouTube of a cab driver who heard some gunshots, and they told me, Ed, find that cabbie and interview that cabbie. Why, <laughs> just because you saw him on YouTube, that makes his you know, <laughs> reporting more important than any of these other people I've So It's just so bizarre. People just, uh, they're just so impressed, you know, by a, a YouTube channel or something. Which, what do you really do? You just go out and you buy a camera, and a microphone, point it at your face, and start talking.
3: You're an expert, baby.
0: Yeah, right, exactly.
3: Well, Ed, thanks so much for fucking taking so much time out of your day and telling me all about all the cool shit you've done. You're probably the most interesting person I've ever talked to.
0: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You know, but, that, but being interesting comes with a lot of <laughs> gray hairs. Sounds <laughs> it, like it. It takes it takes a lot of beating to become interesting, but thank
3: you. Yeah, absolutely. So you, your show, the Opperman Report. You find it anywhere you listen to that podcast. You got uh, your book you got how to how to, is it how to be a successful P.I., is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, how to become a successful private investigator, and that's a toot my own horn, but if you just take a minute and go look at the uh, reviews on Amazon, they're all really, they're really make me blush. Uh, people talk about how it's the best book on the topic, and um, I gotta say, I, I am proud of the book. Uh, most of the content is on Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, because um, a lot of stuff got deleted off of YouTube, and um, exclusive content on Patreon. This whole Hunter Biden laptop story, all the stuff I've done on that, so all the interviews with the the Raw press conference, the uh, Samantha Spiegel interviews, and the Birkenfeld interviews, all exclusive content to me. No one's gone near it. I got exclusive stuff about McMartin preschool, uh, what's called uh, Steve Bannon's porn in meth house. Um, stuff about the Hillary Clinton and having abortions uh, before, after uh, Chelsea was born—all exclusive stuff you, you can't find anywhere else.
3: Wait, Steve Bannon's meth bathhouse? I heard about that. Didn't they have some crazy locks on the door? I remember that. Yeah. I didn't learn about that from huh? you, though. I learned that from somewhere else. That shit is crazy. Do you have an episode on that, Steve Bannon's bathhouse?
0: I have the first episodes on that, and exclusively, the guy, the tenant who was renting the house, uh, told me exclusively about the locks, the padlocks on the inside of the house. And then Morning Joe, okay, repeated it. Yes, yes. (laughs) After after hearing it on my show. That's
3: where I heard it from. Okay, you're their source.
0: Well, they never gave me credit for it. Just like Rush Limbaugh never gave me credit for uh, uh, the the Hillary abortions. You know, he heard it on, on my show, too.
3: And then he just repeated it as if he found it out.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, he's dead now, so then they take that as a lesson.
3: You played the long game against him, but you finally got him back. <laughs>
0: Whereas the rims is glistening They got seen the wall cause the top
1: is missing I sleep on streets, not this paper I'm chasing My roots come from Texas, this big inflation place shit on the sign,
0: one the sign, one on, one on one the sign, one the sign One the sign, one the Wanna sign, wanna sign,
1: wanna sign, wanna sign